Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Well, the best flop of the weekend was from the Suns owner. We've got so much out of the Celtics and the Sixers. Lakers with a chance to grab a stranglehold later on tonight. Oh, dear God, there's so much going on in the NBA. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive. And, uh, oh, Greeny's here. Hi. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I, I had uh, a, a busy and eventful weekend, and uh, I appreciate you guys being in here because I haven't slept since Saturday, but I'm uh, delighted to uh, get a chance to at least catch up here and, and talk about what happened. I like the way you, you frame the Matt Ishbia thing, and overwhelmingly, <laughs> the most important thing happening in the NBA right now for all the eyeballs that will be on L.A. tonight and all the eyeballs that will be on South Beach and what are the Knicks going to do and everything else, and Sixers Celtics has been an unbelievable series. The NBA is going to make a fascinating decision today. I don't think it's cut and dried. I don't think it's that easy. And they have to decide whether or not they're going to suspend the most important player in that series. Because Nikola Jokic scored 51 points in a loss last night. With him, Denver still probably wins. Without him, I think they have essentially no chance in Game 5. So we expect a decision today, and I will be fascinated to see what they do. Yeah, I would be disappointed if the NBA decided to take that series out of the players' hands and put it into the referees' hands because that incident, I mean, it's clear that Matt Ishbia was well-coached by Tom Izzo at Michigan State oh because not only did he defend, I mean, he, point, he, he kept points off of the board for the Denver Nuggets and then actually gave his team a point by the technical foul and the free throw. But I would be disappointed if the NBA had made that decision but I was also disappointed that the NBA made the decision to take Draymond off the court in that Sacramento Kings series for Game 3. Now, ultimately didn't affect that series, but you feel like it would tilt the balance of power in Nuggets' Suns just because it's a best of three, and you're talking about those two games being in Denver. If you suspend Jokic, it feels like the overwhelming favorite in that series then becomes the Phoenix Suns. Listen, it, it, this is – I think – this is my opinion – that you guys are slightly underplaying what Jokic did. Now, if that's not the owner of the Phoenix Suns, if that's just a different person, it's any other very rich person, and I say that solely because you've got to be to be sitting where that guy is sitting. I mean, Nikola Jokic unquestionably shoves him. He shoves a fan who is not attacking him verbally or otherwise. He's holding on to the ball. Well, he did well, put his hands on him first. Right, hands on him is a relative term. He kind of stood up because who knows? You've got a seven-foot person standing in there, and he's just kind of trying. I think Ishbia is just trying to stand there. He's trying to help someone else up. I don't know exactly what his balance situation is. I don't know. I'm watching it over and over again. Our TV crew is showing it over and over again. He's. It does not look to me like Ishbia is making what I would describe as a um, an aggressive a move of aggression of any kind. Well, what I will say is Ishbia did take a competitive advantage away from the Denver Nuggets, correct? But that's, because, those are because, two different things. No, no, no. That that's fair. But then the other part of it is Ishbia wasn't the only person in the crowd to contact. Nikola Jokic. There was another fan that ultimately ended up having to be escorted out of the game because he put his hands on Nikola Jokic. So if you're Jokic trying to get the ball, I'm not sure that you have the awareness to know exactly who's pushing or or trying to hit you at whatever point. Was it excessive? Absolutely. Was it warrant? Did it warrant a technical foul in that situation? I don't know. It's a judgment call in real time. Suspension for a game in the series? I think that's a bit much. I can live with the tech. I can't live with the suspension. That's the point, yeah. And my, my bigger issue there is that, you know, first Ishby is holding on to the ball and not letting go with right. Jokic. I don't know about you. If somebody like Jokic is coming at me, 
take the ball. Right. Go, go nuts. Because Jokic, Jokic clearly wanted to get going with the offense. And listen, do I love it? I don't love it. But I think it's been dealt with. Look, let, let me give you a different analogy, okay? Home court advantage, which, which is what's going on here. They're playing on the road. A fan is holding onto the ball. Again, let's try and divorce ourselves from the fact that this person is the owner of the other team because it, that, it complicates the matter, but it doesn't have to. It, it do, yeah, he didn't know that. I don't think Jokic So that in baseball, moment. as you know, obviously, if you, whether you're playing or at home or on the road is going to determine how the fans are going to handle a foul ball, a pop fly that is very near the, 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 the side where the fans are sitting, right? A fan is going to lean in and try and steal a foul ball away to help his team and is not going to do so if it is the home team. Again, sometimes the fans screw that up, but we understand. And the player running over there understands that the fans are going to behave differently. If a fan is holding on to the basketball in order to try and keep the... It's the referee's job to go and get it back. Now, I don't blame Jokic for trying to get the ball. Mm. But what I yeah. am saying is, I don't think that that justifies... The fact that the owner is holding on to the ball does not justify shoving him. So the shove has to be... They have to rule that he shoved him because he felt as though he was being, I don't know, confronted, threatened, in some way aggressively um, met by that person in a green jacket, who, again, he may not know who that person is and it shouldn't matter. Sure. And I'm not sure I see that. Well, here's the problem that I have with what Ishbia did. I mean, of all the people that are in the crowd that should know better, it should be him because he's the owner. And he should uphold the standard in terms of what they should be doing out there on the court. And the fans. But what be, should he be doing? What did should, he do wrong? Well, he, he held the ball. He's he can hold the ball until someone takes not, it from him. To, but that's what Jokic was trying to do. Jokic, but it's the official's Jokic job was, to get the ball from him. Yeah. Right? The, play, the, the player can want but, the ball back. Again, but that's what I'm saying. This is a road game. If that fan. If, if, put the, take the owner out of it. Sure. If a fan is sitting there holding onto the ball, the player can be like, hey, give me the damn ball. The, if if the, the, the fan holds onto the ball too, too long the referee can call a technical on the fans sure. but it's the, the guy can't just run over and grab the ball away and shove him because he wants to start a fast break but again i would point to the fact that he put his hands on him too that he that ishbia did have his hands whether it's not it's aggressive or not if you're a player and you're going over in that spot and a fan is putting their hands on you that's a big no-no i'm not lobbying for a suspension let me be but, clear mm. what i'm saying is I think the whole idea that, oh, it would be ridiculous for them to suspend him. To me, that's too much. Like, I could see it. If this was a regular season game, I would be shocked if he didn't get suspended. Uh, to me, that look that but, uh, looks but, like something you would get suspended for in the regular season. But I think season. it's a slippery slope because now we're talking about there being a precedent for actions with fans holding on to the basketball that goes into the crowd and then, you know, I, I guess provoking a player in that situation. How quickly does the ball usually the come back in from the crowd? Well, usually players get the ball from whoever the fan is in the crowd and the referee blows the whistle and then all of a sudden away right, we go. But my, my but point in this, is... in this instance, the, the fan, that being Matt Ishbia, made himself a part of the play by holding on to the well, basketball. because there's another player lying at his feet and he's trying to help him up. He's not just holding the ball like, I'm not giving it to you no matter what. He's looking down because his player, again, a player on his... The fact that he's the owner makes this so complicated. Yes. But but th there is another person who is like lying in his lap and he's trying to help him up at the same time. Like he's not standing there going, oh, I'm not giving you the ball and turning away from him. He's just standing there holding on to the basketball. It is a pretty good flop, though. Yeah. That, no, that, it's that, a great flop. Yeah, no, I, just, it, it, I mean, just watching the entirety but of it. Marcus Smart has made a career out of doing sure, exactly sure. I mean, that. And, and he did that yesterday, too, very, very well. But I guess, I guess when I'm looking at the play, 
it feels like this is something that the owner was trying to goat Jokic into this exact situation where there would be a technical, where he took away the five-on-four advantage for the Denver Nuggets. It, it just it feels wrong, and if that's the message that's sent with the suspension, then then I'm concerned about us seeing this potentially in the future. And that would be a, that would be a, I would give, that's giving him a lot of credit for, for being able to no, think no, no. that far ahead in that instant. Like this, no one knows this is going to happen. The ball flies into the stands. The player flies into the stands. He's got the ball and he's trying to help the guy up. And one second later, Nikola Jokic is grabbing the ball out of his hands. I, th- th- this didn't, he didn't what, have a lot what, of time what, to what, think this through. What if it's about through. trying to help the guy up? Why are you holding on to the ball? Well, I, I don't know what's he going to do with the ball. He's just, just holding the ball. I mean, I that, that's see, the point. Like, he, that's well, the part that I mean, does, you can't well, square that one with. What's me. clear is it's going to be fascinating to see how the league handles this. Absolutely, today. It will be very, and it's going to decide the series. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. It's Greeny who is with us. I'm Greeny, Canty and Carlin in for Greeny today. Uh, a, a great basketball mind yesterday predicted that James Harden was going to have a massive day. I believe <laughs> it was on NBA Countdown, if yes. I'm not mistaken. And that great basketball mind was mocked, I mean, belittled, yeah. made fun of. Michael Wilbon has promised me that on PTI today he is going to give me credit mm-hmm. because I said it in the pregame show. I said, guys, am I the only one who, who saw that the only game Philly won in this series was when James Harden went for 45? Shouldn't they be doing whatever they can to try and get him going off? Oh, he's never going to do that again. Oh, this is Embiid is the MVP. Oh, all that Harden is terrible in the playoffs. And then all 42 points later, including saving their bacon in regulation and overtime, the Sixers are back in the series. Now that said, if the Celtics lose this series, Chris, they'll never get over it, or they shouldn't, because they gave away game one, and they gave away game four. Yeah, and to me, that's the whole story around this. I was sitting there thinking about it yesterday with the Celtics being able to mount that comeback in the fourth quarter, and Jason Tatum going nuclear. Like, this is going to be on Doc Rivers' epithet. Like, like that. this is going to be a situation where this is going to define his time in Philly, not being able to get over the hump, not being able to be the difference in consequential games. But the fact that the Sixers were able to come back in that, I just thought to myself, this was more about the Celtics blowing it at the end of the game and in overtime than it has been about the Sixers winning the series. Like, I'm looking back at game one, it was the missed opportunity and not double-teaming the only guy that was capable of beating you in the fourth quarter, that being James Harden. And in this instance, with Joel Embiid flopping around in the fourth quarter, it would be about Joe Mazzulla's gaffes in coaching and not taking a timeout at the end of overtime when he probably should have, and the and the Celtics letting the only guy that was that was doing anything of consequence in the fourth quarter of overtime offensively beat them. That to me would be the story of the series. Let me throw a, a theory at you. Mm. I can't. We'll never know because they'll never admit it. I think the Celtics thought the game was tied. At the end of, of overtime yesterday, they played that possession like they thought the game was tied. They played to try and get a shot off with half a second left on the clock, and they wound up doing it well, half a second too well, late. Here's what they we, played with no urgency. They played that possession oh, the way you that. would play a possession if the game is tied. I agreed with that. And listen, I was not getting on Joe Mazzulla for not calling timeout. However, you, you have you two. Gotta call timeout. Well, you have two veterans there. First on the defensive end with Jalen Brown leaving Harden, mm-hmm. and then on the offensive end, Tate. I, I don't know how Tatum, A, takes as long as they did to get him the ball, B, got the possession, took so long to get the possession going, and then C, 
has Maxi in front of him, the matchup they want, and then continues to drive and then inexplicably kick it out to Marcus Smart. Because if you watch the lack of urgency in the way they brought the ball up court, when Harden makes the basket, I think there's 18 seconds left. Yep. They took 12 seconds to start their play. I, I couldn't understand it. If you're down, you want to take the shot with five seconds left because if it doesn't go in, you have a chance at an offensive yep. rebound, put back, and still to win the game. If it's tied, you want to take the shot with one second left so either we win or we don't get beat. I Look, they'll never admit it. We'll never know. I'm not 100% sure, Canty, that they didn't think the game was tied. Well, with all the veterans on the court, there'd be no excuse for that. But that's even more of a reason why Joe Mazzulla should have taken time out. Like, you take the time out. And I get the argument that you don't want to let the Sixers set their defense, but I'll take my chances with a play drawn up, having two of the three best players on the court in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I would take my chances under those circumstances if I had the exact right play that I'm looking for and I'm getting the last shot with one of those two guys. What's inexcusable is Marcus Smart at the end of regulation and at the end of overtime taking the final shot for the Celtics. Although it went in. They I mean, went the in both times. They went in both times. Yeah, no, they the went first, in both times. The, the, first, the, first, one the first clanks, right? Yeah. The first one clanked. The first yeah. one was in time and it would have won it. Yeah. The second one goes in. I mean, for all the criticism, and I'm doing it and you're doing it and I'm not arguing with you, mm. If he takes that shot six-tenths of a second earlier, yeah. the Celtics are up 3-1 in the but, series But my is point, over. Greeny, is you can live with Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown missing the shot or not getting the shot off. You yeah. can't live with Marcus Smart not getting the shot off. You yeah. just can't. Yeah. All right, last one. Knicks, Heat. Where would your confidence level be with the Knicks winning tonight in a percentage zero to 100? Meaning, how confident would I be if yes. they win tonight? How, how confident are you that the Knicks win tonight? To oh, even not the very. 50-50 yeah. at best. I mean, I, I, I believe tonight is the series. I agree. I, I think whoever would I, – I would say that about both games tonight. I think whoever wins the game in L.A. tonight wins the series. The Lakers win 3-1. I don't think they give that up. If the Warriors even it up, I think they win. And I would say the same thing. Butler has just been so good. I, I, I don't – I just can't believe it. There, there have been two players who have had zero letdown in this postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got hurt, of course, but who have been good in every single game. Devin Booker and Jimmy Butler. I think, to me, he's been the best player in the playoffs to this point, with the possible exception of Booker. Um, and he's just been good enough to carry that team. So I, I make it a 50-50 game tonight. I could, I could easily see it going either way. And I think whoever wins tonight's game wins the series. I think it's amazing that we got through the segment without bringing up Aaron Rodgers. Did <laughs> you see him at the Kentucky Derby? Did you see how handsome oh, he looked me, the other day? Oh, trust me, you'll see him everywhere. Uh, Let me tell on, you. I made the case the other day. You will be more insufferable than Aaron Rodgers will over the next I year. already am. I, that's all, that's all I heard. I'm, I'm at the basketball game. I'm in a basketball game 3,000 miles away, and all anyone is talking to me about is Aaron Rodgers. It was great fun. Greeny, get some sleep. Thanks for doing this, fellas. I'm going to bed. Greeny, with us for a few minutes to start the show today. Canty and Carlin in for him uh, on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive. What makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? Because they offer free battery testing and charging and reliable replacement batteries starting at just $79.99. And they've always got your battery solution. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Greeny just mentioned it. Could the best player in this postseason... Play in Phoenix and not be Kevin Durant. That's next on ESPN Radio.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Durant for three. Shoot KD for three. 121-113. Suns win. And they start another day in the NBA Western Conference semifinals. You got a little bit of a shout out this morning. From our buddy Peter King. Well, because I was outraged by something that Peter wrote last week. Which was? He called In-N-Out fries the best on the planet. What? I I love In-N-Out Burger. I'm not against it. But what's your your go-to when you go to In-N-Out? Oh, well, it's, you know, it's a double-double animal style. It's a two-by-two animal animal style? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And it's amazing the fact that they cook the burgers and mustard is yeah, so good. It's really good. But that's why I'm going there. Yeah. The fries leave something to be desired. They get Oh, that's 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 putting it kindly. Yes. They get stale quickly and they get cold quickly. And just call the, it what it is. The fries are trash. The the burgers are outstanding. The fries are trash. That's what I would it's what that's it is. how I would characterize it's it. It's what it is. So I Emailed Peter. That's not a hot take, though. No, I don't think it is either. And I emailed Peter because he had written in his column last week, Football Morning in America, about how great the fries were last week at In-N-Out. And I, as you know, I can get triggered. And I got triggered in that moment. Yeah. Let me type away. Peter, you're out of your mind. Blah, blah, blah. And I, I know Peter a little bit. He's always been very good to me. And he wrote back, no, 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 no. And I did not expect it. He put it in the column today. He did. He put it in the column he did. today. So his response was, no, they're the greatest fries on the planet. They're the, the whole, the whole they're tenor, awful. The whole tenor of how he put it struck me as he's never had them before, and they happen to be good in that instant. Yes. 
And if that's the case, I mean, one and done, anybody, I mean, every once in a while, a blind squirrel finds an acorn. There, and that's what a, happened here, I think. Yeah, I mean, take it from us. We've done the legwork as two 300-pounders, pound for pound, the biggest show on ESPN Radio. I, I, we know good food. I, I trust Peter's opinions on football. And Peter used to be bigger, but lost a lot of weight. Sure. And looks great. No. Peter, leave it to the experts here. That's my point. That's I mean, my point. You're not going. Not top you're 10. not going in and out to order fries. No. you're not even looking at the the fries as an accoutrement to your burgers. There is you're not just not. Person, there is not a person in the in the western part of this country where In and Out now lives from Dallas westward. Yeah. that believes that they would go to In and Out just for the fries. And listen, nothing against In and Out. You guys do the burgers exceptionally well. Yes, fries. Mm. So let me ask you this question as a follow up. What are the fast food chains that you are going to just for the fries? If I was driving, I just want the fries. Just want the fries. Well, I mean, I, I think that uh, Five Guys fries are exceptional. Oh, yeah, they're outstanding. Especially put a little, put a little you, malt vinegar on those oh, things? Oh, yeah. You oh, ask for yeah. them well done, too? Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, that takes it, it to another level. Soggy. It's soggy. Uh, it's top notch. Yeah. Uh, McDonald's fries. Yes. 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 That McDonald's, would be, yeah. That would be... Yeah, I you know, there to me, there's not an any port in a storm mentality when it comes to fries. There are places where I will not order the fries. Yeah, I would not order the fries at Burger King. Yeah, and I am not anti. I'm no, not anti- there, there are a lot of places where I'm going and I'm getting something, a chicken sandwich or a burger, and I'm not ordering the fries. Yeah, but McDonald's, I would go just for fries. Now, let me throw in a little bit of a change up, a curveball, if you will. Arby's curly fries. And I know a lot of people aren't familiar with Arby's work when it comes to fries. Mm. I'm just saying, very underrated. I know they advertise them being the fast food spot for the meats, but Arby's curly fries are outstanding. Outstanding. Put a little barbecue sauce on a big fella. I'm telling you, I will go to Arby's just for the curly fries. If I see one, if I'm passing by one, and take my word for it, because there was one in East Rutherford right by the Giants workout facility, I would stop by there just for the fries on my way home for work See, because they're that damn Here's good. why I love Canty. He knows where everything is on his way home. Yes. That's exactly no my mentality. No and no I doubt. have a 65-mile drive. I could spot yeah. you any fast yeah. food restaurant between here and Princeton, New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely could. I yeah. would uh, – I'm never anti-curly fry. Okay. I would say I only have a curly fry hankering maybe once a year. Uh-huh. That's about right. Uh I would say very under the radar would be the Chick-fil-A waffle fry. Ooh. I didn't, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. With a little bit of Polynesian sauce on there, that's yeah. the win. The, Bubba, the, Chick, the Chick-fil-A waffle fry is outstanding, hey, let's too. Let's get Bubba's take on this. Bubba, where are you stand with this? Cam weighs 104 pounds. I'm not going to ask him. 200, thank you. Cam's vegan. You so. don't wear 200 pounds. I'm 6'4". We've talked about this before. Yes, you're 6'4 and a buck 10. You do not weigh 200 pounds. 200 on the dot. No chance. No way. Get a scale. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Bubba, your thoughts? Well, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm actually not a big fry guy, so if if I'm onion gonna, ring guy, yeah, no, just I'm just going to stick with the burgers, basically. So if I, I mean, I, if I had to pick one, I would probably say McDonald's. But if like if I go to McDonald's or any of these places, I generally don't really get fries. Wow, that's a hot take. I got a question. That's a hot take. Are you an American? That, that, I mean, <laughs> that is that is an extremely I, hot take. Honestly, Bubba, that's you go just, to a burger joint, you don't even consider getting fries. I mean, I, it's not even a thought. 
That's a thought. I'm it's really a thought. Re- I'm really regretting asking. It's a thought at this that point. just washes over him. Apparently, you know, you can watch Greeny on the ESPN app. Just click on Watch. Look for Greeny and enjoy. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny today. Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA Insider, host of the Hoop Collective. I uh, was listening to it this morning on the way here. As they say all the time, you want to get smarter about basketball. You listen to the Hoop Collective podcast. Uh, good morning. Thanks for being here. They had great tater tots at Wells Fargo Center yesterday. Really? I usually don't like a tater tot. Yeah. This was excellent. Okay. okay. I'm not a tater tot Just a plain guy tater tot? Either. Did it have anything they on had, it? A little bacon? They had a little, they had a little spice in there. Ooh, it wasn't, okay. a, it wasn't an Was it like a crab fry oh. situation maybe? They got those chickies and peats with crab fries down there. Those I don't think that's what was going on, but okay. it was good. Uh, all right. Let's start here. How do you evaluate this Jokic thing? We got into a big argument with Greeny about it. I really am going to be stunned and very disappointed if the league were to suspend him here. How about you? I just can't see it. I, 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 I can't even get my mind around it because I'm more fascinated at the circumstance, which is that an owner ended up holding the ball, and he actually made two moves that helped his team. <laughs> Jokic wanted to go. Jokic wanted to yeah. pick up and go because Koji's over there laying there. He doesn't let him do it. He stalls the game a little bit to let his guy get up. And two, he flops. <laughs> Which leads to a technical foul. <laughs> I, don't I don't know if Draymond could have done it better. <laughs> he might have saved well the Michigan State guys. Yeah. He might have he definitely got his team one free point. And let's just say that, you know, Denver scores about one point per possession. Let's say he may have saved two points. Go show me an an owner in history who in the middle of the game has gotten them two points. Now, I don't think Jokic first off, he does seem like he moves into Jokic's space and mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. puts his hand on his um on his back. Mm-hmm. And I know that's like, well, that's not, you know, let's not parse every single movement, but that's what the league will do. Um, so they'll interview Jokic, I would assume. I don't know for sure. They would, you know, talk to both sides. I would be stunned, stunned if this results in suspension. Um, but I will say that according to the rules, which I looked up, um, this is something that is, it's right there in black and white. And when there's a fan player interaction, it's a commissioner's discretion. It is on Adam yeah. Silver's desk. So I'm not saying he wouldn't talk to other people. But he would make the choice in this matter. Wendy, just curious about this because I raised this point or, or I guess concern with Greeny. If it does, in fact, end up resulting in a suspension, could this be a precedent that other fans potentially copycat throughout the rest of the playoffs? That's a good point. I haven't considered that, but I'm not going to consider it because I just can't grapple with the concept they would suspend him. There you go. There Brian you go. Horst, ESPN NBA insider with us. Uh, Wendy, Devin Booker and the Suns, is this something that they can continue to maintain? I kind of don't believe it, but they have been. Um, Booker is playing the highest level of efficient basketball of the modern era. I suppose you could go find me some Chamberlain stats. That he, <laughs> um, he is shooting the ball. Seriously, I'm, this is not hyperbole. He is shooting the ball as a jump shooter, better than anybody we've ever seen in a playoff run like this. He, his, his jump shooting prowess in this nine-game stretch that he's played is better than we've ever seen. There's a bunch of stats that back it up, or you can just trust me. It's up to you. And he's been playing point guard, largely because Chris Paul went down. And I'll just point out, I covered the Clippers' Sun series. I was out there for that first-round series. He was playing a lot on the ball in that series. Um, and he is a much better defender than he used to be. I was talking to DeAndre Ayton, and I wrote a story about Booker earlier this week, and Ayton said I've never seen him. Ayton's been with him for five, six years. Ayton said I've never seen him play two-way defense like this. But Devin Booker is playing brilliant. He is playing Jordan LeBron-esque 
offense. And wow. he is playing point guard, and he is playing the best defense he's ever played in his career. Talking with ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorse on Greeny. And, Wendy, you were just talking about how you were in the Wells Fargo Center yesterday witnessing James Harden's performance, 42-8-9, becomes the first sixer to have 40-plus points, 8-8 eight and eight in a playoff game. And, and just out of curiosity, how far do the performances that James has had in games one and four go to changing the narrative around his career in the postseason about him coming up small in the biggest spots? Well, in Philly, it's probably not that far. Because it's going to depend on what happens in the series. Um, you know, he is a player who is a polarizing player in the postseason, you know. Um, he, he was 5 of 28 in games two and three. That is as bad as he's ever been in two games in a row in his career. In one and four, he had two of the best playoff games in his career. So over the course of a week, we have seen the best and the worst. He was one of 10 in his career coming into this series, one of 10 on three-pointers in the playoffs to go ahead in the last 30 seconds. You know, by the way, those I'm sure not easy shots. He's one of 10. He's two of two. In the last week. Mm. Well, so let's get into that. The last 30 seconds of that game, between Jalen Brown leaving him, between not calling timeout, between uh, not getting the offense going in time, and the selections that Tatum made, how much do you put any blame on Joe Mazzula in that scenario? I'm not really putting a ton of blame on him, but I just got done talking with Stephen A, and he, he was lobbying me hard, and I understand. First off, Jalen Brown has been transformational defensively on Harden. One of the reasons why Harden had a big game yesterday was Jalen Brown got in foul trouble in the first quarter. Yep. They had to take him off as a primary defender. That got Harden going, and they never really slowed down after that. I believe that that was a big factor in yesterday's game, and Jalen Brown has played great defense. That was a Mental error that he made. That's not Joe Mazzulla's fault. It's not like he doesn't know that. He made a gamble and a mental error, and that cost him. When you are down by one point with that kind of time left, you absolutely have to go early to get an offensive rebound because if you don't, if you don't, even if you don't get the offensive rebound, you're down one, you can foul, and then you can maybe be down three and call a timeout. And that, to me, is something that you shouldn't need to say when you have a veteran team out there. And so what Stephen A is basically saying is, if you're the coach and you have two timeouts especially, you have to make sure that you say it. Mm. And so my point was the play that they got, which was preposterously delayed. Tatum doesn't get the ball until there's seven seconds left and he's standing at midcourt. The play that they got was Tatum isolated on Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. I promise you, if they had called timeout and drawn it up in the huddle, that's the play that would have drawn up because that's the play they were running throughout the fourth quarter. So they got the play they wanted. Just so you understand, the, pl- the play wasn't to get Marcus Smart the three. The play was to give Tatum, on, well, he was a guy who's got seven or eight inches in height on, and let him shoot, drive, pass. They, so that's, that's what Joe Mazzulla is talking about. They got what they wanted. I fault the players for not showing knowing time and score. But if you want to retort with, if you've got two timeouts in the coach, you call the timeout to make sure your players know that, that's a fair retort. But I, but I still look at looking at those, those player mental mistakes more than the coach. Wendy, last question before I let you get out of here. i got to ask you about my Lakers. You said last week on Get Up that winner of Game 4 and Lakers-Warriors would end up winning the series. Assuming that you still feel that way, tonight are we more in line to see a vintage LeBron James performance like we saw Game 4 against the Grizzlies or a vintage Steph Curry performance like we saw in Game 7 against the Kings? I still do believe that. And uh, we still haven't seen a vintage LeBron performance really in this postseason, I don't believe. I don't think he's Not scored. even the 20 and 20? I mean, 
that was great, but I don't think, as I said, I don't think it's in the top 40 of his career postseason games. I mean, um, I don't know if he can with his health. But I do think this, the Lakers will go all out to win this game. All out. They will empty the tanks to win this game, even if that means potentially paying a penalty for game five with some energy level because that's how important it is. They get up 3-1, I think they got it. Um, the thing I want to see tonight is what, def- what strategic moves Steve Kerr makes. One, does he stick with that small lineup with your Michael Green in there? Because in this last game, even though it spreads the floor and stresses the Lakers, in this last game, AD just tortured Draymond. He had a size advantage. They tortured him. Secondly, this has been a chess match series between how to handle Steve Kerr. They play him off the ball. The Lakers deny. They put him on the ball. The double teams, he eviscerates with, with, uh, with, with passes. Then they switch up the, the, uh, the matchups, and Curry's not as effective. They take away a little bit of the pick-and-roll game. What is the card that Steve Kerr and Steph Curry play tonight? Those are the big factors going in. Hoop Collective Podcast. Make sure that you subscribe. It is awesome. Great this morning off of the games yesterday. Also with Tim Bontemps and, and Tim McMahon. Wendy, we appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Yep. ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst. It's Canty and Carlin. In for Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. Up next, is Lamar Jackson actually set up for his best season since he won the MVP? Canty and Carlin. In for Greeny, ESPN Radio, Series 6M, Channel 80. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Lamar Jackson has spoken for the first time since he got his new deal. To be honest with you, I really didn't care for other teams, really. I just really wanted to get something done here. I wanted to be here. It was like, man, okay, other teams cool, but I want to be a Raven. So Lamar Jackson got his big number. I mean... I've never seen a man more excited for somebody else to get paid and and 
just Frank, I, I don't think it's jealousy that I see in Chris Canty's face because he always wants the players to get paid. Yeah. But you could not be happier for what Lamar Jackson got right now. Yeah, and, and I'm and I'm proud of Lamar Jackson and his mom for the way that they've handled this situation. There were a couple of bumps in there, but for all of the slander that people were throwing his way, talking about the concerns with not ending the regular season in the last couple of years and that being a reason why the Ravens fell short, I, I'm just glad that the marketplace and the contract that he signs reflects something close to his true value to the Ravens franchise and to the NFL for that matter. So with that being the case, we look at the weapons now that he has to work with. For me, I I love the fact that they took Zay Flowers. I think he'll fit perfectly with what they want to do. You had talked uh, quite a bit in leading up to the draft when we were hosting on ESPN Radio about the need to get more speed on the edge, and that's exactly what they did there. Chris, for me, it's it's all about OBJ and J.K. Dobbins staying healthy for them. I, I truly think that's the biggest part of it. I, I think Duver, uh, Devin DuVernay is a good emerging receiver. Mark Andrews is a fantastic tight end, but it has to be somebody else who is providing uh, that kind of speed and those kind of uh, damaging plays downfield uh, for them to get something what they need to get out of Lamar Jackson without getting the daylights beaten out. I'm not concerned about the running game as much. I mean, even if J.K. Dobbins can't stay healthy, they still got Gus Edwards, who's also had trouble staying healthy, and they have Justice Hill, who people inside the organization are really, really high on. So I'm not concerned with the traditional running game, so to speak. What I am concerned with is the weapons on the edge being able to stay healthy because Zay Flowers, even though I think he's just short, not small, He did gain weight in the pre-draft process. We'll see if he's able to maintain that weight throughout the regular season. Odell has had some injury concerns. Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay have had injury concerns. Nelson Aguilar has had some spurts in his career where he hasn't been able to stay healthy. But I think what the Baltimore Ravens strategy is, just throwing the bodies, as many bodies as they possibly can at the problem, which is having playmakers on the edges of your offense. Now, with that offensive line, it should give – those skill position players' time to get acclimated to Todd Munkin's new system. But I do think that's a sneaky big advantage for the Baltimore Ravens. Nobody in the NFL has tape of Lamar Jackson in this particular offense. And so the league will be Kane catch-up, which presents an advantage or an opportunity for the Ravens early on in the regular season. Lamar thinks there's some eye-opening numbers to be had. Man, I want to throw for, like, 6,000 yards with the weapons we have. (laughs) You know, and I'm I'm not – individual award type of guy or stat watcher, you know, I just want to do that, you know, because no one ever done it, and I feel like we have the weapons to do it. For those fans that are looking at this like, well, look, he didn't get his fully guaranteed contract, explain to them why Lamar Jackson won. Well, it's not the Deshaun Watson contract, but it's damn good. I I mean, Lamar Jackson, through the first three years, is going to make $156 million. For for context, that is the largest three-year cash payout on any NFL contract in league history even more than what Deshaun Watson is going to get. And here's the kicker, Carlin. Lamar Jackson is getting $80 million of that 156 in year one. $80 million. His 2025 salary becomes fully guaranteed on the fifth day of the league year next spring in 2024. So it's a great deal, and here's the great part about it. At the end of the deal, the Ravens can't franchise tag him. There's a full no-trade clause in there. Lamar Jackson is getting to his bag. I tell you what. Being clutch, costing one team. That's next. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. 
or watch the show through the watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.